We are recording from Google from Startup Campus, Google's home for startups. Campus offers startups the opportunity to gain access to Google products, connections, and best practices, as well as programming and events for startups. We are now in their creator studio, a state-of-the-art video and podcast room available to startups for free. For more information on all things Campus, check out their website, www.campus.co slash Welcome to Humus and Tech, the first podcast by Olim and for Olim interested in the Israeli high-tech industry. We are Maggie and Kevin, and today on this episode, we're here with David, or Shumi, a product manager at one of the hottest startups in Israel, Minute Media. Hi, Shumi. Hey, Shumi. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. It's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Yes, we're so happy. Uh, so, first of all, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. My name is David, David Schumann. I'm originally from Frankfurt, Germany. I came to Israel about six years ago. And as mentioned before, I work in Minute Media as a product manager right now. Cool. That's amazing. Cool. So tell us about why did you come to Israel and how did this happen? To tell you the truth, I have to go back a little bit further down because uh, originally I came to Israel um, when I was 18 to do a trip with Massa and I ended up at Kibbutz Magan Michael. I did a volunteering program there and ended up staying in Israel for about a year. And uh, back then I also met my uh, current wife. Oh, well, nice. Mazal Tov on that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yes. So uh, we've, we've kind of been getting together back then. And after that, I went back to Europe. I went to study for three years. What did you study? Studied politics and international studies. Wow. Yeah, well, it sounds better <laughs> than it is. Really. Um, yeah. And I, as you can see with my role as product right now, I've gotten as far as way of that as I yeah, could. You yeah. Clearly do not put it to usage. Yeah. And then you came back here to Israel? So after those three years, I spent another six months back home in Frankfurt, um, basically working uh, in a cafe, just trying to make my way. And then afterwards, I uh, actually looked for Massa again um, and found another internship. And that internship led me directly to, through luck, to Minute Media, which was back then a, a very small company, a very small startup. And I've been there ever since. Okay. Cool. Can, can you tell us more about how the story of this amazing company that it is right now started? Because if yeah, you go no, back yeah. then, it was a very, very tiny company and you started working with them at the very early beginnings, right? Yeah, so I think Minute Media's story is quite impressive. Back, uh, Minute Media is now the name, but back then it was called FTB Pro. And it was basically just a, a website that was inviting people to place bets on them on, on, on football games. And to see how we've grown from a small site that used to create articles in order to attract users to bet to a real uh, publishing platform, which we are today, uh, has been an amazing journey. Mm -hmm. and, and what was your first position? How did you start it on this company? So I started with an internship. Um, first off, just managing social media and, and trying you know, to, to grow our pages. And, and, and we, we didn't know what we were doing as a company in general. <laughs> yeah, you were learning. To, the company was learning. Yeah, 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 everyone was just trying to figure out what we actually wanted to do. And um, then basically we, we've tried to expand where we've been expanding into different uh, languages as well. So I speak French, my mom is French, um, and we didn't have a French department back then. And then, you know, as it goes in, in startups in Israel, people were looking for somebody who speaks French, and they basically screamed around the office, hey, anyone <laughs> knows how to speak French? <laughs> yeah, I know. And I guess I got lucky, and then I managed to, uh, to kind of um, get my place in, in, in that French team. 
That's amazing. Then you moved to head, head of that department, right? So basically, I first started working um, a six-month internship. And then I joined the German team, German editorial team, which I worked for a year. And then I, uh, I led the French department for another three years before making another transition to product now. So I've been um, kind of moving from place to place within the company, but yes. And how was it for you to be part of a company that just grew so much? How did you experience those changes from an employee perspective? So great question. I think that without a doubt, we have an amazing CEO and an amazing team. Um, our CEO is called Asaf Pellet. And um, it was, what was really amazing to see is, is um, the, how often we pivoted as a company. So I told you in the beginning we were like a, a betting site, if, if you want. And then we kind of went to user-generated content, at trying to convince people to write articles. And we kind of became a publisher, um, and which we are still today. But uh, our base has always been the technology. So the tech is what, what's kind of been fueling all of these experiments. But we've been very versatile in the sense that uh, we used to generate a lot of our traffic uh, through social media to Facebook. And then Facebook, uh, from one day to another, will change their algorithm and shut it down. So we, we have been kind of pivoting and adapting all the way up until today. And we still do this today. So this, I think, is one of the most amazing takeaways I've taken. Yeah. Super interesting. Amazing. And going back to the company itself, it recently raised $40 million. That's an amazing f hit. Um, did you see any impact in the company? Can you tell us how you lived it from within the company to reach such a milestone? I mean, this is not the first time we've we've announced a, a, a funding round. We've now raised over $140 million. Oh, wow. So... Um, these this the latest round had a had a particular reason is because we've started acquiring other publishers in the last couple of years and the board has realized that this is something that's very profitable because these publishers often are not profitable themselves but uh, that is due to to maybe operational issues and operational mistakes so we tried to correct them and uh, and turn them to a profitable business for us and on a personal level you are now a product manager and you, you started as an intern, then you went into content, head of the uh, department, and now a product manager. What are the things that you can take from your previous positions on the company that help you succeed now at your current role? So um, in order to answer that, I think we have to define a little bit what a product manager does. And that's, Please. And that's not actually that easy. Um, so basically, you, you, the, the way we've defined it or the way we work in, in the product within the team is we work with developers and uh, we have to kind of coordinate the business needs uh, and execute them on, on the tech front. And so uh, those business needs can come from anywhere. They can come from your sales teams or they can come from your commercial teams or, or from, from the content team itself. And your job as a product manager is to kind of manage those business goals and, and execute them. So to answer your question, I think as a product manager, you have to leverage your strength. And my strength was always kind of the content and the user experience. And this has always been, uh, or this is always what I rely on. Nice. And what would you say is the most challenging thing now in your day-to-day -day job? Okay, so the, the one misconception that a lot of product managers have, or one of the mistakes I see a lot of product managers make is they believe they're more important than they are. Your job is basically just uh, as an intermediary between multiple teams and, and, and managing those and, and kind of um, then moving between those goals. And uh, so the, this is where the challenge really lies because you never depend 
uh, only on yourself. You always have different people that you need to talk to. You you can go in a day and say, okay, I'm going to try to finish this off, and, and it just doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do I you believe you. you need to do lobby for your projects? Like you need to like pursue people to join your projects and get them on board? So great question. This people skills is fundamental as a product manager. You have to understand how to... Um, convince people so I'm, I'm being challenged on a daily basis just by the developers or by the designers that telling me no why should we do this why should the behavior of, of, of this button be this way and then you have to understand that that you need more than just an opinion you also need to back it up by data mm -hmm. and also maybe facts impressive yeah not everything in life is work so You have one very interesting hobby and thing you built from scratch. And we would like to know more about this because this is uh, clearly something that it's very important for the Olim community as a whole, right? I think it, it has a lot of impact in many people. So please tell us about Inter Alia Football Club. So very cool. Yes, um, it's one of the reasons I also am here today because I want to support you guys. I think what you're doing for Olim is very cool. Um, and it's quite similar to um, what I and a few friends of mine are doing as well. Uh, we've created a, a sports club or a football club called Interalia, which uh, aims to help uh, the integration of Olim into Israeli society and, and create a bond between the Jews that live in the diaspora and, uh, and, and, and Israel itself. And how did this idea came out? Like, can you tell us more about the story? Yeah, actually it's it came very practically um, just a bunch of friends me included wanted to play football together and we're all mm -hmm. foreigners and we had no place to do it then we realized that there's a there's a, actually an Olim league that uh, there's several teams playing there and we've created our own team we called it back then Inter Tel Aviv and uh, we played for two seasons in this Olim league the second season we've won it and then we've kind of made a decision um, together with our club president called Ricardo Horvat that uh, we want to move to uh, the official league system and more than that we wanted to create a club um, or, or we wanted to create an, uh, a place where, where Olim can really meet and take it to ideologically the next level. Super cool. You were talking about the challenges uh, of getting this club ready and all the bureaucracy that you, have, you went through. C can you share that story with us? So yeah, as you know, bureaucracy, whether you go, um, whether you actually try to make Aliyah or whether you go to the Misrat Abnim just to extend your, your work visa or whatever, you, you're going to encounter problems. And uh, the Israeli Football Association is no exception. So when we first showed up there, these guys didn't even want to hear from us. They thought we were jokers, that we were foreigners, that we we're going to come. And they basically laughed at our face. Um, so it's amazing to see how far we've come. This is now our third season. Uh, which we've just finished. We um, have more than one team now. We have created a second men's team and we've added a women's team. Wow. Okay, then you give us the details yeah, how, how for people to sign up we for join? it. Yes. So I, I guess we'll be sharing some links as well, but you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and, and everywhere else. Sure. And so how is how are the teams formed now? How many people do you have involved? What are the roles that people are taking? Okay, interesting question. So and there's basically the first team that is being managed by, make no mistake, we're still a, an unprofessional a startup in, in a sense yeah. and everyone does everything. So just to, to tell you a little anecdote, for the first two years, I hope nobody will get back to me for saying this, but <laughs> it was just like, 
we were all trying to figure out what to do and 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 we were basically nobody really had a coaching license so it was just me and my uh, other buddy who who we were basically leading this together and using a coaching license from a friend and then the referees would sometimes check if the license was really real then we had to wake up our friend who would come to the pitch at 9am on a friday so yeah so it, it's still um it's gotten a long way from there but we're still um, uh, trying to find... Uh, still a know. startup. Correct. How do you say this project, this football team, has an impact within the Olim community? How do you see it? I believe that we've, we're making an impact slowly. Just a couple of examples. We had a, a friend from Brazil who came a couple of years ago and, and he made Aliyah and he had no place to stay and basically just knew a friend of a friend and then crashed on one of our friend's couches and he turned out to be playing for us for, for a couple of seasons. But it's just that spirit, you know, helping each other out and giving a, a home to people who, who really need it because being an Olim in Israel can be very lonely. It can be very lonely yeah. and very hard. So, like, you basically become a family, right? Yes. Great values. That's mm -hmm. that's the way we see it. We're, we're family. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah. And one interesting thing about the football club that you have co-founded, it feels like a startup, right? And you're also working... What are the things that you can take from your hobbies and put back into your job or things and skills that you take from your job and you put into this social club? So I think it's it's a constant learning curve. The The major thing is that Israel always will test you, I think, in, 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 in many ways. And yeah. you have to learn how to how to really fight your way through for for anything you want. It's really an amazing initiative and I think it does bring a lot to the Olim community and the community as a whole. I think like Israel can really benefit from having a team that is composed by non-Israelis. Yeah, I would like to add a little uh, story is that last year we've received, I think this is, has been one of our proudest moments and uh, a picture of uh, Ruven Rivlin who's taken a picture with the Intalia shirt and sent us a signed yeah, yeah. Uh, letter where he's declared to be a fan of the club. So that was pretty <laughs> awesome. For everyone who doesn't know, Ruben Rivlin is the Israeli president. So you basically did so much in all these years that you have been here. You probably learned a lot along the way. And because this is a podcast for Aleem, we would like you to share some of the experiences and your you know, learnings with them. So what would you advise, Olim, who are thinking about, you know, doing Aliyah or either coming to Israel and trying to land their first job in the high-tech industry? So in general, it goes back to what I said before, but I have a lot of friends who come to visit me, you know, from Germany or from the UK, and they come here and they chill at the beach in Tel Aviv and they go out at night and they say, wow, what an amazing life you have. Um, but the truth is, it's not easy here. And I've had a lot of people who also came to Israel and who've left afterwards. And I think there's a, there's a big trend also in the Olim community. So my advice would be that you really need to come prepared um, and understand that there's going to be tough moments and that Israel is an elbow society where... You need from to the fight your way yeah. in... <laughs> <laughs> I like that expression, yeah. an elbow society. Yeah, I mean, you have... Uh, Yeah, from the moment you leave your door, you have the, the the bus driver who screams at you, and then you have to fight for just getting your lunch. So, in in general, it's it's uh, it's not an easy place. But I think the amazing part is once you manage to integrate, mm -hmm. you really get to get to you know it makes you strong as a character, and you also see that there's a second layer because the Israelis are not necessarily only tough, but there's there's a sweet layer behind it. The Zabra situation, right? <laughs> and and what about someone trying to land a job as a product manager? What would you recommend them? Um, so product is very versatile. So I, I would say you have to understand the tech. That's that's one thing that um, 
is a prerequisite and a, and a basis and actually has been one of my biggest challenges. Um, so I would say do your homework and understand that product management is often also mistaken as project management and it's not. You really have to focus on the execution of the product and understand what it means to conceptualize, understand the need um, of, of what you're trying to do, understand the problem. Um, we're getting a little bit technical, but a lot no, of the it's time... Cool. It's we totally love cool. technical, yeah. yes. Yeah, so, so understanding the problem is, is a key part and I think this is where already uh, a lot of product managers fail. Um, so, so, and, and then going there from, from execution and then delivery at the end. How does it work being a product manager without the technical background for you? So I'm, I'm, an, I'm the exception. I'm, uh, I'm the one in a thousand. And in the beginning, I was very worried, actually. Um, I'm still worried today. Um, We won't tell anyone. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's possible. You just have to develop a, a, an affine interest for the technology itself and try to um, you know, just deal with the products that you're dealing with and trying to, uh, to, to speak to the developers and to learn from their experiences and understand what you're actually dealing with. And then what I would also recommend is just do your homework in terms of do, do courses, learn about HTML, learn about CSS, and they, there are plenty in the internet that are for free. Okay, as, as you all know, in every episode, our guest brings the Hebrew word of the day. So, Shumi, can you give us your favorite Hebrew word or a word that speaks to you personally? Okay, my favorite Hebrew word is officially pupik. <laughs> oh my God, what does that mean? We want to know. Okay, pupik means belly button. That's such a cute word. And any word that you think is, re is uh, relevant for the workspace? Sure. So my word would then be atarim, which means websites. You clearly, yeah, you clearly have some knowledge on that. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense you used it quite a bit. I have to, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you here. Thanks for having me. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to us. Maggie, what do they need not to forget about? They cannot forget to follow us on Instagram at Humus and Tech, on Facebook, and clearly to subscribe to our Spotify channel and Apple Podcasts. Bye. 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 Are we okay so far? Yeah, yeah perfect. perfect. Yeah, how cool. do you feel? Yeah, great. Yeah? Maybe I'm, I need to be more funny? No. No. Okay. It's cool. It's okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. be I'm yourself. Kidding. I mean, kidding. you're kidding. German. Cool. <laughs> 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 no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> What can I do? You should leave this part in. Yes, <laughs>